1: Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
2: Hello, welcome to Nobody Panic with me, Stevie, and my good friend here. What's your name, Tessa? It's Tessa, you've said it.
3: Hello. No way. But there's a um, third
2: person in the room today. Who's here, Stevie? We have Sophie Wybird from Mob Kitchen. She's head of food at Mob Kitchen. Mob Kitchen, if you don't know, I'm, I'm afraid I'm embarrassed for you. They're like the coolest, well, I'm going to describe it in my own way and then we are going to let Sophie describe it in like the proper way. For me, Mob Kitchen is basically the, the best, I get them through Instagram. It's like, cool recipes you get you can get there's like a newsletter you sign up and it's basically like a world of affordable just really good but also crucially quite simple and easy to do recipes that you're like i that has to be a restaurant it's not. We're speaking to the restaurant right now. So, way back when, and, and like six months ago, we did a how to cook episode. Tessa led it. So I've realized that i you know, I'm not going to be disparaging, but we could have done more and we could have given more advice other than buy a pan, maybe one, maybe two, a walk. Now Sophie's here to kind of like push us into the advanced stages of cooking, which is you're in the kitchen. Sophie, thank you so much. For coming on firstly it's an absolute pleasure to have you.
4: Thanks so much for inviting me on very excited to be here.
2: So cool explain to us a little bit about Mob Kitchen and how you got involved in it obviously I just gave like a sort of very impassioned speech <laughs> you can now tell them actually what's real.
4: <laughs> I actually think you hit the nail on the head there I guess the key things are yeah very good description I like that good intro. Okay. Mob Kitchen is basically an affordable fun simple recipe platform aimed at students and young professionals, but really anyone who wants to make fun, affordable, simple food.
2: So if you're 33, for example, you can also get involved. If you're 60, you can get involved. It's just nice, simple food.
4: Indeed, indeed. So yeah, we've got a recipe platform. We've got a big website filled with loads of lovely recipes. We've got our Instagram page. We've started doing TikToks now for, for the young people.
2: Oh I've not been on TikTok I'm too scared but I would watch you guys do I bet
4: I've, it's very cool I've been in quite a serious TikTok rabbit hole the last 6 months I probably need to claw my way out now the world's reopening
3: So did Mob Kitchen begin it began life as a st- it began life as a student thing and then it's become so much more
4: Pretty much yeah my boss Ben set up Mob just after he graduated I think he saw that there were lots of uh kind of silly recipe platforms out there that were big on social media that were basically basically mostly doing viral giant cheese-stuffed burger situations mm-hmm, yes. and he thought wouldn't it be great if we had a platform which did that but for foods that people actually want to cook yes so there was a lot of
3: that like uh food it was called like food bros and it's like we're eating <laughs> like eight can we eat eighteen thousand pieces of candy bacon can we <laughs> and then yeah, they'd like, be like i don't want you to once I, I, like they best made not <laughs> best not please once they made like the super bowl stadium for super bowl day like out of like bits of rib and then they like filled it full oh. of like potato and you were like, stop, stop doing this, but you're so right it was a huge it was a huge thing and also I think when we were students, thing. the cookbook was very much like the student cookbook and it was either that sort of yellow like cooking for dummies book or one that mm. just like had baked beans on the front cover and really sort mm. of like it really spoke down to you as like, you're an imbecile, hey well, here's some recipes. <laughs> And you're like, oh,
2: yes, <laughs> I, I I am, yes, but you don't need to. I don't know how to cook. Sure, how to cook, but <laughs> no need for the tone. So, as head of food, like what sort of uh, what sort of stuff. Does that... What's what your day
4: to do? do? <laughs> <laughs> it's all sorts of fun things, honestly. The title reflects how fun and silly it is. Um, so it's me in the food team at the moment and also Seema, who's our food producer, and I basically just lead on all the recipes that we're creating, which means a lot of time spent doing things I like, like reading cookbooks and trawling the internet for recipes to see what other people are up to. And mm. a lot of recipe testing. It's actually one of the oh, joys yes. of... Um, working from home still some of the time is that I do a lot of recipe testing at home, which means that my boyfriend and my housemate are overjoyed. But when I leave the house and I'm working from the office, they're like, oh, I don't know what to have for lunch today. The yes, yeah. uh, nice.
2: living with somebody that can cook incredibly well is something I've never really experienced and no. but also but also enjoys to cook I think that's a big part mm. of it of being like I did
3: this and I'm and testing as well it. you're
2: having like a little bit and you're like and then the rest for you you're like great <laughs> <laughs> that's so good so because mob is very much like you know for as you said like kind of beginners in a way like you know if you're not confident at cooking there's something in there for, for you to be able to and, and not just something simple and rubbish my first question would be what in your opinion do you definitely need to like own and have in your kitchen to start off like we said a pan and a a knife is there anything (laughs) you can add to that
4: I was having a think about this earlier what are the most important bits definitely a good pan and a good knife I don't think you actually need more than two knives I think you need a good chef's knife it doesn't have to be expensive but I'd maybe invest in a knife sharpener which are also fairly inexpensive. But I find that most one of the most frustrating parts of cooking, and I think is the first obstacle where a lot of people fall down, is trying to chop with a blunt knife is so unenjoyable.
2: Like tomatoes with a blunt knife.
1: Oh, yeah, sawing
4: thick. a tomato.
1: <clears throat>
4: no, horrid. I think it just makes a job so much. It makes it feel like a job and not like a fun, relaxing task if you're having to be hacking at an onion for half an hour before you can even get going. So mm. I'd say, yeah, a decent knife that, it doesn't have to be expensive, but a knife that you can sharpen. You just get one of those little, it's kind of like a wheel that you pull the knife through, isn't it, to sharpen Ooh. it.
2: I've You're never saying, sharpened is a like, knife before. Both, I've only ever seen on Game of Thrones. A, yeah,
3: we've no, neither <laughs> of us ever sharpened a knife. Where could we get a decent quality, but not that outrageously expensive, good chef's knife?
4: Well, my uh, friend Will, who also does food stuff, said that he's got one from Tesco's, which sharpens right. incredibly well. It's just a basic supermarket knife. There's one that I swear by, which I think was about 25 quid when I bought it a couple of years ago. So kind of mid-rangey, but it's a Victorinox chef knife. They're Mm. ones that kind of professional chefs use, but the cheaper end of the professional chef knives mm. um, and they just stay really sharp and they're super easy to use you can shove them in the dishwasher no problem all that kind of stuff so oh, good, good for home cooks i think
2: lovely okay so you've got your knife can you get like a little one as well because i quite like little ones to chop things you know like little onion chopping knives Ooh, so
4: victorinox to another really good one which is a little serrated knife it's about Ooh. how many centimeters is that I'm trying to guess
2: 10 about 10 centimeters ten? yeah 10
4: Yeah. Yeah. 10 centimetres long. It's a little serrated knife. I think they're about three quid and they stay really, really sharp. They're great for chopping onions, tomatoes, chopping up fruit. My housemate Kate is obsessed with it. She uses it for everything. Obsessed with a knife.
2: That sounds healthy.
4: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But
2: when you get a good one, you are like, oh yeah, This, this is good.
4: This is the one. This
2: is the one. Yeah. Any other kind of like essentials that you think would be helpful for a person starting out?
4: I think there's a bunch of things that you don't think about. I was thinking about this list, and then I left off really obvious things that you do kind of need, like a potato peeler, maybe yes. a spatula, fish slice style thing, so you can flip things over in the pan. You yes. probably want a whisk, a wooden spoon, a chopping board, and then pan wise, you kind of don't need a ton of pans. I would say you need one good nonstick frying pan, and then maybe three different size sauce pans. And a wok, I Great. think, is a good place to start. I slow cook a lot of food, so I've got a big cast iron casserole as well. Uh, Le Crusé ones are lovely, but they're bloody expensive. I think most of the supermarkets also just have their own cast iron pots that you can buy. So I would recommend having one of those if you're into slow cooking. If you're not, then don't bother with
2: that. I've never slow cooked anything and I know that it's not just cooking moving very slowly. I do know this that it's <laughs> in the ban on day my mum used to have a slow cooker, and it was like a big deal. And I always used to be like when I was a kid, like yeah, but why don't you just do it fast? Like, why, why is it going to take all day in the slow cooker? Mum, like, we can make something really quick. But actually, all of the flavours and, you know, I, I'm aware that it's a good thing to do.
4: I'm an enormous fan of it. I think it's just a good way of getting a lot of flavour into foods. And it's usually really cheap ingredients that you slow cook. It's, oh, yeah. It's the more expensive cuts of meat are the more tender cuts. So when you go to the cheaper cuts of meat, that's the stuff that you really do need to slow cook. And then this Mm. is if you eat meat. You can do it also really lovely stuff with mushrooms, slow cooking them. I've seen a couple of really lovely recipes doing that.
2: Yeah, it seems like it's like, is it casseroles and like stews and things like that? It'd be quite nice to have that to like look forward to at the end of the day and you've just like boshed it in. Oh,
3: yeah. I see the the merit of them now because I similarly was like, it's too slow. And also, <laughs> let's just eat all those bits. Set now. Let's now. eat those bits now. Uh, <laughs> but if you're like, okay, but I got these cheap bits of meat that are maybe aren't going to be that delicious to eat now. But if I slow cook them for twelve hours, oh, mm. they'll be falling off the bone. Or oh, those suddenly those fla- the, those vegetables that maybe weren't that delicious if I had them right this second are going to transform into something else. Listen, yeah. you've t- you've changed my mind. I immediately
2: see the merit of slow cooking. <laughs> Excellent. Are there any like, yeah, common things that people are like, oh, I must have that. It's like you don't actually need to buy that.
4: Yeah, for sure. I can think of a ton, actually. I mean, there's loads of electric stuff, which I think a lot of electronic kitchen stuff is good if you've got a lot of space or if you cook loads. But if you don't do either of those things, then they're actually just a bit of a pain because they take up all your surface space. But the one which isn't electronic that I don't get the point of and think that everyone should just stop using is garlic crushers. Oh, so is it? Is. It is. I know that people don't like the smell of garlic on their fingers. I But I find with <gasps> garlic it. crushers, when you have to wash up a garlic crusher, it's all, you have oh. to get all the pulp out anyway, and then you're going to smell of garlic anyway.
3: I love to squash a garlic with the, with the flat blade of the knife, you know, like the... Oh, yeah,
4: good pummel it. Hello. If you're feeling really chefy... Do mm. that and then get a little bit of flaky sea salt on there and then just keep pummeling it, slice it up, pummel it up and the salt helps break it down. When and you say makes, pummel it like, up, what are we
3: doing there? What are we doing? You'll
4: get a, you're getting the side of your knife yeah. and you're just smacking the side of the garlic and then occasionally turn over <laughs> the blade and just chop it up a bit. And it really doesn't take Smooshing. very long. The Smooshes salt just making a helps salty it all up. Okay, yeah.
3: So if I'm putting it before I, before it goes in the pan or something, that I'm doing yeah, that to exactly. it. Oh wow! If, if you
4: had to chop garlic, and it, it does it weirdly quickly. If you can't be bothered with that, the other thing I think is good is grating garlic. Um, okay. their way graters are way less <sighs> yeah. faffy to clean. Is
2: there, is there anything else that you need or don't need?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think most of the bulky stuff on the side of your kitchen. Loads of people love juice makers, or they love bread makers. Or, yeah, air fryers, deep fat fryers. I don't think any of that kit is very necessary in a home kitchen because most Mm. of it you can just do with the stuff you have already. I think the most important electronic stuff to have is probably a toaster, if you eat as much toast as I do. Mm -hmm. You can grill it, but it's a bit more fun to have it in the toaster, isn't it? And then your kettle, obviously. Mm. And then maybe a stick blender because they don't take up very much room. Okay. And it means you don't have to have a big bulky blender. If you want to make smoothies and stuff, you could just get a tool jug, put your stuff in there and make a smoothie with your stick Won't blender. Won't it sh- wish out the top? It only will if it's not fully covered. If if it's completely immersed, if the blade is immersed in the liquid okay. or the fruit or whatever you're blending, then it shouldn't zhuzh up at you. Yeah, I think if you're just after minimal kit, I, I mean, I have a stick blender and a blender and a food processor.
2: But well, you're a professional head of that's food. That's because I cook a different. lot.
4: Yeah, But if you didn't cook a lot or if you were kind of trying to choose which bit of kit was the most important, I would probably say a stick blender is the most important.
2: Very helpful. Maybe get
4: a pestle and mortar as well. Now, I've never had one of these. If you need to make a curry paste or to bash up spices, I think a pestle and mortar is really
2: good because it might not do it very easily with a stick blender. This is showing my basic level here. I've seen pastel and mortars about. Do people not just put the herbs and spices in the sauce, in? in the pan? <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, what I mean is, so with lots of spices and stuff, they come in their whole form. So you can get, obviously, ground cumin, but then you also get your cumin seeds. Ah. So if you were using cumin seeds for something, but then maybe you wanted to grind it down a bit more, basically toasting spices makes them more fragrant. Toasting and it spices? the oils... Either in the oven or in a frying pan. Oh, I like I, doing God. it in a frying pan, just so you get a bit more heat control.
2: I'm sweating. <laughs> so I love I love cinnamon a lot, yeah. like too much. And I can't really eat porridge unless I have cinnamon. Sometimes when I'm like pouring the cinnamon from the pot, it's not enough cinnamony flavour. So would I, in this instance, and this might be wrong, would I buy the cinnamon stick things, bash them up in a pestle and mortar and then put, and put them on. and would that be nicer? Cinnamon sticks are
4: actually weirdly an anomaly here because they're oh, quite no, hard no, to so bash sorry. up in a pestle and mortar. But okay. so oh. what I might do if you love cinnamon in your porridge is infuse your milk with a cinnamon stick.
2: Oh, this is so good stuff! If you, put,
4: if you kind of heat up your milk... Regular milk, oat milk, whatever you're using, get your cinnamon stick in there, in your pan and gently warm it up so that the cinnamon releases its flavour into your milk and then maybe let it hang out for a bit, maybe 15 minutes and then get your porridge oats in there.
2: This is very moving.
4: And it should be quite cinnamony. I hope. Let me know if you try it. I'm quite moved to tears
2: by the prospect. of <laughs> Wow, that's, this is wow. lovely. I just feel like this is this obviously the people will be listening to you going like yes, and we're like what? <laughs> um, okay, so okay, so I didn't get the pestle and mortar right in that instance. Okay, here's another go. Yeah. So I make a pasta sauce, and the the it's my mom's recipe, and the herbs in it are basil, oregano, and thyme and I just get the little jars that have got the dried herbs in it. Lovely. And I just just sort of pour it in, and I know roughly the amount's fine. If I poured those dried herbs into a pestle and mortar and ground it together and then put it in with that taste better or am I am I barking up the wrong tree
4: I sometimes find I go a bit overboard on dried spices and something sometimes it's a bit bitty in
2: your mouth yes yes but if I you get,
4: ground it into yeah. a powder then it would probably have less of a capacity oh, to do
2: like that like like the yeah a, the, a gritty sort of yes okay that's good and then and then if but if I toasted the basil and the oregano at <laughs> the time I think it might burn with dried <laughs> herbs. Okay, I'm having a terrible <laughs> time with I this pestle and mortar. Stevie, so the, Stevie, the Stevie those are herbs,
3: and what you're toasting is the spice seeds. I've undes- misunderstood what a, what a herb and a spice <laughs> is. I misunderstood until this moment where I'm explaining it to you. So, right, so we're talking thinking.
2: spices. Don't put your herbs, don't try and put your don't herbs toast in the your oven. Herbs. Mm-hmm. But okay. a way mm-hmm. that a
4: herb mm-hmm. is good in a pestle and mortar. Um, there's a lot of contradictory stuff happening here is fresh herbs so the traditional way of making pesto is in a pestle and mortar so you could get some nuts in there with some fresh basil and pound that to a paste add some parmesan some garlic some olive oil and then just kind of keep pounding it until it's at the consistency
2: you want and you've got fresh pesto I would marry myself if I did that. Wow. I love how much we've spent on me tr- trying to understand what a vessel and water is. <laughs> it's hard. I feel like I do now. I feel like I is do it now. How,
4: Have I helped? Are you do really it even have. more confusing. Our
3: minds have been blown open.
4: I'm worried I've just opened you up to a world of inconsistencies and confusion. No, no you just opened the good
3: door, and no doubt we'll be confused for some time when we're in there, but now we're in. We didn't even know this door was here. <laughs> if it's a seed, then you need to toast it. <laughs> if it's a herb, don't be absurd.
2: There we go. Oh, thank yeah, you very much. Not very much. Very helpful good. because you can't
3: really remember what you need to do. I'm not, I'm not rhymed no, the keyword.
2: No. You've rhymed <laughs> the connective okay. word.
3: Okay. Okay. I like it
2: anyway.
1: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week.
2: cooking mistakes that you view and you see Mm -hmm. and you go oh you're doing that again because I think it was mob kitchen that first introduced me to the concept of putting in your garlic after you've put in Mm. the chopped tomatoes and sauce in a garlicky pasta dish because I was putting it in with the onions as is my want as a woman they would burn and or like or you know it'd be very difficult to to make them not burn and I was like it would drive me insane and now my pasta sauces are second to none because of that tip
4: Yeah. I think you've actually led me on to what I think is one of the things that I see people doing the most often wrong, and mm-hmm. that is not co- t- cooking onions properly. Ooh, okay. Okay. Onions take longer than most people think to cook nicely. And if someone thinks that they can cook an onion to be the base of a pasta sauce in two minutes, then they're not. it's not going to taste very nice, basically. The onions That's need to be cooked on quite a low temperature, probably for a minimum of about 15 minutes to fully soften. Because otherwise what you get is similar to if you put big chunks of garlic in a pan, you'd get onion that was burnt on the outside, but raw on the inside. Mm -hmm. And really, onions taste their best when they're really, really soft and the sugars have caramelised and they're just buttery and delicious.
2: Put the time in. Yeah. Mm. If
4: I'm in a rush, I tend to just not cook with onions because they long it out too much. Traditionally, in Italian cooking... People don't use onions and garlic in the same dish. They use one or the other. I mean, I tend to use both. But you can make a really nice pasta sauce with just a little bit of oil and then cook your garlic, your chilli flakes, and then add your tin tomatoes. And you don't need the onion at all. The um, amount of times that I've not an onion and be
2: like, I can't make anything so that's also my I think it's because when I was growing up my mum would often like we'd be like oh what what are we making for dinner what you you having for dinner and she and she'd just be cooking onions she's like I don't know yet but I've, I've I've cooked the onions and then I'll sort of figure it out once I have figured it and it was all everything would this. start with onions I do that <laughs> now
3: like a, a year I ago I would have time. said what the hell are you talking about but now I I just put, put the pan onto a low heat and then do the onions and then it feels like it smells like something, and then I hope to like have yeah. inspiration, at and length. then it
4: maybe gets the juices flowing. The smells of yes. the onion. Do you have it where people you live with come into the kitchen and they just go, "God, that smells amazing! What is it?" And it's literally onion. just onions. It yeah. happens on a weekly basis. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's oh, the, um, the best. So, things. what 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 other things do you, do you see pe- people doing in the kitchen, and you go like, "Oh, one of the things that I find is the mistake people make
4: most of the time, but it's not really a mistake. It just comes from a lack of confidence." is not tasting it as they go and following recipes too rigidly and then not tasting it to see if they like it, if there's anything they'd change. I know that it's a thing that comes with being more confident in your cooking ability and being able to look at a recipe and go, oh, actually, I don't think I've got any smoked paprika, but maybe I'll add a bit of chili powder and... Something well, I think a that's, that's a, such
3: a big thing, isn't it? And a lot of my, I do spend a lot of my time going, like Googling, like, what is a substitute for lemongrass? Lemons, question mark? Or like you get to a point yeah. in the recipe, you're like, oh my God, I haven't got that. And then you do, it do, that is a huge confidence thing of being like, okay, X and Y is adjacent to this. Or, you know, paprika is adjacent. I haven't got paprika, but I have got marjoram. <laughs> she, she guesses. <laughs> I have got saffron. And I think that is both. That is what lets you down, I think, in early days. You are like, oh, that's, look, is that a herb? Whack that in. Like, and that's yeah. not it. And, and it's then, actually a spice. And you yeah, it's actually a spice. You just, you just, like, named anything in the cupboard and, like, put that in. But then when you get, and then it But it now the Googling thing is quite are, helpful. Mm. The
2: moment I realised you could do that, it was like, oh, okay, I can, just if I don't have something, I can actually swap it. But it takes a lot of confidence. I do it too. Yeah. I still Google oh, stuff. Oh, yeah.
4: It's too easy, isn't it?
2: Yeah. So not being like frightened or intimidated if you don't if 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 because I think if you taste it and you're like oh I don't know what that, I don't know what that needs that's the fear isn't it? But yeah, it, it, exactly. the more you do it, the more you'll be able to be like oh okay you kind of get used to it. A lot yeah, of you, it comes I from
4: experimentation, to. doesn't mm. it? I've definitely made a lot of incredibly disgusting meals in my life. That's good to you know. Just, and then you just know not to do that again. is
3: that <laughs> if you've made it and you're like. <laughs> Right, that's absolutely disgusting. It's before it gets to the table. You're still at the you're still at the oven. The oven. You're still at the cooker. You're tasting it, you're like, wow. Is there anything that can be can it be salvaged? Or does it have to be just like, this is a write-off,
4: this is too this is too gross? Most things can be salvaged by if it's something that's tomato-based and you think it tastes really gross, add another tin of tomatoes and just water it down a bit. Equally Use water as an ingredient. If you think that you've burnt a sauce and it tastes a bit nasty and burnt now and it looks a bit thick, then just get a splash of water in there to loosen it up and that will mellow out any of the burnt flavour. And then you can taste it again, see if there's anything else you might add. It's really just having the confidence to step away from the method that you're reading and just go, mm. with, go with your taste buds and think, what do I want this to taste like? What flavours do I like? And I think lots of the ability to do that comes with having spices at your disposal, which are super cheap, or lots of tinned tomatoes, condiments, all that kind of stuff. Things that mask flavours of things that go wrong mm. are a learning cook's best friend.
3: Can I put you in a, uh, a quick fire scenario? You're
4: yeah, in a situation. go for it.
3: OK, you're at university. Mm-hmm. It's, your, it's your second year and you have okay. just moved out of halls where you got fed. And now you're into student living for the first time. Mm -hmm. Uh, You live with six other people. Alice has made a rota in the kitchen. Oh, she has. And it says, we'll divide it up. And everyone does one day a week where you cook. And then other days we'll eat everybody else's and there's probably like a, ve- and you haven't got any money and somebody's probably made like a horrible budget and it's all like, either way, you have to be as cheap as possible with this. And it's Wednesday and it's your day. What are we making for m- multiple people? Cheap, easy, vegetarian.
4: I think the easiest things in these scenarios are things that involve ready-cooked pulses. Something that I lean on very heavily or ready-cooked beans even. Okay. Tinned, tinned beans and tinned lentils I'm obsessed mm. with. Or okay. butter beans or chickpeas or anything like that. I used to eat a lot of those and they're packed with protein, taste great, good for you. All the things. What I would do is probably either make some kind of big chickpea and spinach curry with loads of ready cooked chickpeas, tin tomatoes. I cook with a lot of frozen spinach as well, which is really, really cheap. And because you know, you buy a bag of spinach in the supermarket and then you cook it and it's like maybe a palm full of spinach. And you've yeah. had the giant bag that's now shrunk to nothing. You buy frozen spinach and it's already wilted and it's been frozen in these little pucks. And then you can sh- just okay. chuck that into curries and they defrost into these big, lovely leaves. So that's a good Amazing. cooking on a budget wow. tip thing to have in the freezer.
2: So what's like going in this spinach and chickpea curry? Like how are you making it? Talk us through it. So what I would probably do is get the onions on
4: first let onions those off. get really soft. Now Alice come
3: um, in and they're like, wow, something smells was,
4: amazing. I go, yeah, don't worry, And your confidence guys. is I can, I can through the roof. <laughs> yeah, step one, confidence boost, and then flying from there. Yeah. So then once you've got your onions cooked, I'd add some chopped up garlic. You could do the pummeling with the knife with thing. The salt, with the salt, with the knife. In. Yeah. The world's your oyster. You do anything. I would also add some ginger. Oh! <gasps> Some fresh ginger and maybe a chopped red chili, mm-hmm. and then to that I would start adding spices. Add some cumin, some coriander, maybe some turmeric, some chili powder, and then tip in tin tomatoes, chickpeas, spinach, and let that simmer for about forty-five minutes. Season it with salt. You could even whack a tin of coconut milk in there if you wanted it to be Ooh. creamy. Oh my Make it god! it go a bit further. Um, and then season it to taste at the end. Just see, do I want to add any more spices in
2: there? Do I want some more salt in there? See, this is great because it, it really like immediately when you were listing those spices as a uh, when I was a, a, a uni student, I would have been like, what? But actually, you just Google like. What sort of like spices work with, you know, a spinach? And you just, they're not difficult spices to obtain. They're not difficult herbs yeah. to get. It seems to be like the next level is like, it is seasoning. If you can learn to season, you can do it. You can literally do anything.
4: It's exactly that. You don't need expensive ingredients. You don't need loads of ingredients.
3: I would immediately have gone for a jar. If you make this curry, like even to think of the curry already, I'm so impressed. Then I would have gone for the jar of curry sauce. You know, it's like, you don't have to do that. You can save your money and just, do it with the spices. Like it's in
4: your powers to make your own curry paste. Yeah, and those spices last for ages. Yes. I can give you a run through of the spices I think are important to have in the cupboard. Yes, please. please. So the main ones I would say are smoked paprika. Well, I reckon the spices I'm going to say are ones that you can use across lots of different cuisines. Nothing Could you maybe give us a little? You, yeah, when can you, you say like smoked the main cuisine,
2: say some things that it would go in.
4: <laughs> Otherwise, well, yeah, it's like, uh huh. Yeah, where are we putting that smoked paprika, please? Smoked paprika would be good uh, to give. I guess it's used a lot in like Eastern European food and in Spanish food. Smoked paprika is the main flavor in a chorizo sausage. Oh, so, that. if you were making some kind of, this is another classic thing I eat a lot which is just pork and beans, essentially. If you cook chorizo in a pan and then take it out, add your onions, cook it in the chorizo fat, add some smoked paprika, some chickpeas or butter beans and tinned tomatoes and just simmer that for a while and then add the chorizo back in. Smoked paprika is <sighs> amazing in those kind yep. of situations. Or it can be quite good in Mexican food. If you were having like a fajita night, You could put a bit of smoked paprika Mm -hmm. on your chicken before you cooked it or on your tofu or your halloumi or whatever you are going to put in your fajita. Cumin and coriander are the two other really important ones, which you can use a lot in Mexican food, but they're also important in Indian food, Sri Lankan food. And I think they're maybe the two most important ones to have in the house at all times. You could put a pinch in a shepherd's pie, in like your mince Mm -hmm. for your shepherd's pie, um, And that would be delicious as well, just to give it a bit of warmth. Chilli flakes, I think, are very important. Mm -hmm. I use them a lot in Italian cooking. If you cook that with your garlic to make the tomato sauce that I was talking about earlier. Or they're also good, yeah, in Indian food. If you don't have fresh chilli or chilli powder, you just whack some of those in instead. Likewise, in Mexican food, use that to add the spice to your meal. I think of the dried herbs. The most important one is probably dried oregano just because you use that a lot in Italian cooking and mm. in French cooking and stuff. But then you might also use that in Mexican cooking. Oregano is used a lot. So in my opinion, if you're going to buy one of the herbs, oregano is your guy.
2: That's your one. The spinach and the chickpea curry is like a really mm-hmm. good like dinner thing. Do you have a good sort of like quick, nice lunchy sort of thing?
4: I guess one of the most studenty things that I still do all the time, but I back it and it's delicious, is pimping up instant noodles. I mean, they're so cheap instant noodles. What I do a lot of the time is I just cook. I just get maybe like a chicken pack, but you could do it with any pack you want. Cook it in its seasoning. And then you just go to town with the condiments. You get maybe some chili oil or some chili sauce on there. You get sliced up spring onions on there, some sesame seeds. Maybe you throw in some pak choy while you're cooking (sighs) the noodles to get some greens in there. You could even put a boiled egg on top, cut it in half, make it feel like you're in a fancy ramen bar. Oh, this is
2: great. I want to live with you favorites. so badly. Yeah, I really wish you were my house,
4: mate. <laughs> Another good instant ramen thing that I started doing recently is like a Cheats Laksa. So Laksa is that um, some Malaysian noodle soup. It's kind of got a really lovely red curry paste in there and coconut milk. So what you can do is just get a dollop of shop-bought curry paste. Cook it out in a little pan. Add a little bit of curry powder as well, which is another spice I didn't mention, which is so good to have around. Really elevates stuff. So cook out your curry powder and your curry paste. Then tip in some coconut milk, some water, your seasoning from your noodles and your noodles, and simmer it in there. And that is so tasty. Top with some coriander, some bean sprouts bit of line oh my oh, god Sounds
3: just amazing the elevating is such an important word that you're saying there of like basically there's so many bits of the supermarket that you maybe ignore on your day-to-day
5: yeah, <laughs> to exactly. day rounds
3: you think you know, like maybe you just head to the crisps and hummus section maybe say i'm uh, there all the time sure but then you also go to the spices section and the pak yeah. choi section you'd get in the good stuff you know so like it's just yeah. about like sort of gateway dragging yourself in to the
4: more advanced things it's experimenting with it yeah. Yeah, experimenting you're with like, the gateway. Okay, drugs.
3: this I I get what it's supposed to look like at the end and I feel like I could make this for cheaper and possibly ni- not nicer objectively but nicer subjectively because I personally really like Coconut exactly milk or garlic or whatever, and I would like more of that in this. And I mean, like, oh, I can, I can do anything. You're I like
2: not. pimping stuff out immediately. Then you are, you are cooking, but you feel like you're not. Like I think, yeah, they exactly. added having those like curry kits, and then you so their test like maybe I'll pop some curry, mi- um, curry, m- curry milk, yeah, some curry milk for example, some coconut milk, <laughs> or some coconut cream, or maybe i'll have some like yogurt in that, or maybe I'll try more coriander or whatever. And then you feel like you're cooking, but you're not cooking because you're pimping but then then when you go to cook then it's like a little sort of yeah it's kind like of a, a halfway,
4: halfway step isn't
2: it yeah mm-hmm. it's like stabilizers when you're learning how to ride a bike essentially yeah yeah exactly like, exactly oh well I mean thank you so much like it's been genuine I'm, I'm also genuinely starving very... yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I also
3: feel like very excited and very like okay Okay. Get oh me, let me in that kitchen. Let me in Salt, that kitchen, like, Even actually. like the salting your garlic thing. You're like, these are the little tiny stuff that makes you be like, oh I'm not just a cook I'm a chef like this is yeah I'm doing yeah. the good stuff it's
2: flair isn't it a bit of flair it makes you feel nice because you feel like you're kind of adding a little like, extra special thing that you didn't necessarily have to do because yeah it's just for you but you're like it's like, no. like like
3: like Liam Perrins or like a square of dark chocolate or something and when you would do like chili con carne or bolognese yeah and it's like, exactly and it feels like so like oh wink 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 this is just something I this is something I learned training at the manoir, you know. So, I not mind <laughs> me. I just, <laughs> I just picked up a couple of uh, a couple of trips in the train. Exactly. <laughs> like,
2: go and find Mob Mob Kitchen basically on Instagram. Yeah, at Mob Kitchen, you'll
4: find all the chickpea recipes there that you could desire. And you've got a podcast, and we got a podcast. Yeah, me and a couple of my colleagues doing a podcast as well. It's called A Bit of a Mouthful, and you can find us at a bit a bit of a podcast on instagram very Very nice nice. and what kind
3: of topics will you be talking about in a bit of a mouthful i assume food
4: it's a lot of very silly food chat mostly me laughing hysterically and eating a lot (laughs) we have a section where we eat crisps and we like crunching into the microphone really aggressively
2: oh good asmr
4: oh yeah oh yeah that's what
2: what you want there's a lot of mob i mean there's a lot of mob kitchen books isn't there there is yeah can you give us some of your names of your mob kitchen books speedy, speedy mob? mob is the most oh,
4: recent I, one which is i've a great got speedy one. mob we've actually got a new one coming out in a few months called comfort mob oh. which you can pre-order now i believe it's coming out in september and it's filled with lots of very lovely kind of big nourishing comforting foods
2: oh yes please Thank you so much for joining us. It's been absolutely eye-opening. I'm going to go and cook now. If you have any topics that you'd like for us to tackle in the future as episodes, please get in touch with us at Pod and the email address, Tessa? It's nobodypanicpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at
3: Stevm the S's of five, and at Tessa Coates and at Mob Kitchen all over the internet. And all over the bookshop, if you walk in and ask to be taken to the.
2: I want the best <laughs> cooking book, please. The best cooking you say, book, please. If you go to your nearest bookstore. <laughs> please store. bookkeep. Thank you so much and have a lovely week. See you next week, guys. And thank you so much, Sophie. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you again. Bye-bye.
1: Bye bye. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well,